Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. But you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises. That's what's happening here this morning. You may proclaim the praises, joyful sound, happy news, good news, good news, the happy news, the praises, exaltation. <laughs> I was once in darkness, but he's brought me into his marvelous light. <laughs> I was once depressed, but he's brought me into his joy. <laughs> I was once discouraged. I was once fearful. I was once bound up in sin. But the Lord <laughs> who chose me, who found me, who went after me, <laughs> brought me out of darkness into his marvelous light. <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah, I might have been a sinner, and I'm saved by grace, but, but I'm a royal priesthood. I am a priest of the Most High God. <laughs> He's made me join heirs with Christ. <laughs> yeah. I no longer walk according to the ways of this world and the principles of this world. I walk according to a heavenly kingdom. I'm an ambassador of Christ. I'm on a mission from heaven. I've been, I've been given my paperwork. I've been enlisted into the, the heavenly kingdom. And he sent me out on a mission as in his ambassador, declaring the precepts of the Most High God, declaring the laws and the principles of a heavenly kingdom. I'm, I'm, I'm special. I'm peculiar. I'm his, and it makes me special. <laughs> What's happening this morning? We got a room full of special people. <laughs> That's what's happening. <laughs> Who are the objects of the love of an eternal God, full of eternal love. Does this make you uncomfortable? It should. That I was lost in sin. That I was full of everything vile, everything evil, everything wicked still flows out of this carnality that I'm still enslaved in this body too. 
But in the middle of all of that, God chose me. He called me. He's redeemed me. In the middle of all of my carnal nature, when I couldn't even see that I needed Jesus, he saw me and redeemed me out of the pit of despair. And he's chosen to pour out his love, his joy, his peace, his goodness, his mercy. So I'll laugh like David said. I'll dance all the more. I'll laugh all the more. I'll have peace all the more. I'll take yours too if you don't want it. I'll, I want all that I can get of my heaven. Jesus. <laughs> All the benefits that have been purchased for me at Calvary, I want. I don't want to just read it in a book or talk about it on Sunday and not live. I want the fullness of the gospel. I am a chosen generation. I am a royal priesthood. I am a holy nation. I'm his special person. <laughs> He's directed his love towards Christ, and I'm caught right in the middle of it. Our Heavenly Father has loved his Son, and this heavenly dance, I've been caught right in the middle of just because he wanted to. It was for his own pleasure. It's for his own pleasure that you're here sitting in this pew this morning. It's for his own pleasure that you're living and breathing this morning. It's his own pleasure that you exist. It's his own pleasure that sustains you and keeps you from falling into eternity in this very moment. It is his own pleasure. It is his own pleasure that saves you, redeems you, sanctifies you, justifies you. It is the pleasure of God directed at you this morning. And it is the pleasure of God that brings you joy. It is the pleasure of God that brings you peace. It is the pleasure of God that brings you righteousness. It is the pleasure of God that brings you into holiness. It is the mere pleasure of God that brings you into anything holy, righteous, or anything of this kingdom. It, this kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. It is His pleasure that brings you into any of the things that this scripture talks about. And so this morning, yeah, I'll just dive in all the more. I'll just go a little bit deeper. I'll, I'll press in a little bit closer. I want to know the mysteries of the gospel for myself. I want to know the mysteries of the kingdom for myself. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, I was going to talk about reaching people this morning. <clears throat> Reach. What is, he, what, what is the purpose of all of this? Why laugh? Why dance? Why shout? Why sing? Why worship? Why do any of these things? It is the overflow of our encounter with the Lord. But, but why do all of this? Why does missions exist? If our value out of last week, we talked about R-E-A-C-H, our reach. If our value of our reach, reach the lost, he, you are a chosen generation is the verse. Why? To proclaim that praises. Why are you born again? To proclaim the praises, to worship God. Why does missions exist? Missions exist because worship doesn't. Why do we reach the lost? Because worship doesn't. Missions exist because people are not enjoying the glory of God. Worship is the ultimate. Missions is not. When this age ends, when you and I step into eternity, missions will cease to exist. But the one thing that will not ever cease to exist is proclaiming the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Why do we exist to worship God? Why does missions exist so that others may worship God and enjoy him and enjoy him freely? 
Proclaiming the gospel is necessary not because God fails to show his glory, but because man fails to enjoy that glory. And so our job, all the more, to proclaim louder, to declare more perfectly the praises of him who's called us out of darkness. In Matthew 15, it says, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain they do worship me. The essence of worship is more than your activity. It is your affection. The essence of missions is more than just your activity of going. It is your affection for God. You could tell people all day long good facts about Jesus, but when they see it in your eyes, there's a difference. When they see the reality of Christ on the inside of you, there's a difference. When I, when I go, as a matter of fact, this was just brought up in conversation when I was in China, and, and, they, and they said the reason that we have you come now twice a year is because we know when you come, the fire of God is going to fall. People are going to encounter the living Jesus. Yeah. I want that to be part of my life. I want when I show up in a place that that's, that's my testimony, that I'm not just going to have a good time. I'm going, and people are encountering the Lord wherever I go. In just a couple of weeks, we'll be preaching revival in New Orleans. I want the fire of God to fall. I want to see, I want to see people, people's lives change. We're going to be right in the middle of Mardi Gras, right in the middle of all the sin and everything that's happening. I want to go right in the middle of where all the mess is happening and the fire to fall, and the power of God to fall. People who are sick get healed. People who are depressed get set free. See the demon possessed liberated. This is more than just lip service. It's more than just, more than just an idea or concept. It is a reality. Inward delight results in an outward display. You can't delight yourself in the Lord inwardly. Well, pastor, the, I'm just not a shouter. Well, at some point, the, the inner workings of all the goodness of God have to meet with your face. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. At some point, there will be an overflow of your inward delight. The question is, are you delighting yourself in the Lord? We can delight ourselves in a lot of things. Remember, everything that we have from the Lord, His power, His presence, His blessings, are all connected to His purposes. And our purpose... Go and make disciples. Why does that exist? Because the worship of God, knowing God, enjoying Him does not. John 4.23, the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. Right affections towards God is the result of knowing the truth about God. Right affections towards God is knowing the truth about God. It's hard to worship a God who you think is sitting in heaven ready to judge you, condemn you, and burn you up. That is the case. If you're outside of the mercies of God, if you're outside of, the, outside of salvation and the covenant of salvation, that's reality for you. But there's good news. Once you step into the covenant of grace and mercy, once you come under the mercies and the love of God, all of a sudden, you begin to see this different side of who he is. You begin to partake of his mercies. You begin to dive into the depths of his love. And you begin to see the truth and the reality of his mercies expressed to you in the person of Christ. 
and the result can't, can't help but be worship. The result, when you taste of the mercies of God, you cannot help but worship the Lord. Well, they're not singing my song. Has nothing to do with worship. It's not the style that I like. Has nothing to do with worship. The building doesn't have all the high-tech lights and fog machines and all the strobe lights. Has nothing to do with worship. <laughs> Knowing the truth about God results in the right affections towards Him. Do I like certain styles? Sure, everybody does. Do I like fog and lights and a cool set? Sure I do. Do I like the hymns? Do I like the new stuff and the old stuff? I like it all. But my worship is my affection towards Him. It's the overflow of knowing Him. It's the overflow of enjoying Him. God, you've saved me. You've redeemed me. There are people that are still under your judgment and you've chosen me. You've picked me. Lord, thank you. I worship you. You've healed me. I worship. I you've provided every spiritual blessing to me. Lord, I worship you. It doesn't matter what life looks like or how smooth sailing things are at the moment. The right affections towards God is knowing the truth. The truth is this, that I know that nothing can separate me from his love. That if I'm going through tests or high waters or the fire, that he's going to walk right with me through all of those. And I'm going to come out on the other side of that fire not even smelling like smoke. I know that he's going to carry me through. I know that I am justified by faith in Christ, that it has nothing to do with what I've earned or achieved. It's everything to do with Jesus sitting at the throne of mercy, stamping my record justified, writing my name in the Lamb's book of life. That's all it is has nothing to do. That's knowing the truth about God. When you know the truth about him, worship is no longer trying to earn his approval. You don't come into worship. I got to dance enough and shout enough and do enough to get God's attention and to get his approval. You've already got it. He loves you. Yes. He's chosen you. Yes. You are redeemed because he loves you. So, let your light shine, Matthew 5.16. So let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works, to see your worship and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Why does worship exist? Why does missions exist? Because worship doesn't. Let them see your worship. Let them hear your praises. Is your day full of talking about the glory of God or is your day full of talking about, well, I can't believe what happened, oh my goodness. She did this, he said that, that happened, that happened, this happened, this happened. Well, the more that you sing the praises of all your despair, who would want your Jesus anyway? They need to see the truth. They need to hear truth. They need to hear the affections that are motivated by truth. The word of God. Isaiah 12.3 says, With joy I will draw from the waters of salvation. Is your salvation happy today? 
is you're, you know, I'm not, obviously today's been a happy day, but I'm not just talking about today. I'm talking about every day. Is your salvation joyful? That's why David prayed, Lord, restore to me the joy of your salvation. There are times where we go through circumstances in life that would try to steal and rob us of our joy. And the first thing that we've got to recognize is that is our strength. Delighting ourselves and the Lord is what sustains us, is our strength. At the minute that we lose that, we've got to come. Hang on a second. I just lost something. I just lost something here. I reckon, I just, something I just lost. Lord, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Take not your Holy Spirit from me, but restore to me the joy. Let me get right back into life. Something's out of sync here. Do you walk with the Lord in such a way that you notice when things get out of sync? Do you walk with him closely enough to notice that when things are out of a line in your life, and then all of a sudden you, hang on a second, let's just stop. I need to get the worship on. I need to pray in the spirit for a little bit. I need to sing in the spirit for a little bit. I need to get myself realigned because something, something's off. The, the focus is off. And I need to shift this thing back into Lord, restore to me the joy. Restore to me. Don't take, don't take, please. I can't survive. Take everything else. You can have the temple. You can have the ratty, tatty, torn down temple. You can have all the people in it that are singing. You can do all, whatever you want. You can have the kingdom. You can have the, the, the jewels and the crowns. You can have it all, but don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to the joy. Restore the joy. You can have it all, but don't take the Holy Spirit. Don't take the joy of the Lord from me. Habakkuk 3.18 says, yet, everybody say yet. Yet. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. Yet, in spite of all these things, yet I will be joyful. I will delight myself in the Lord. I will declare his praises. Reaching people is motivated by our worship. Reaching the lost happens because we want to worship the Lord. Your missions is worship to the Lord. Let me ask you this. If reaching lost people, making disciples is worship, what is it if you don't do it? Let me ask that again. If worshiping, if reaching the lost, if, if that's worship unto the Lord, it's the overflow of your encounter with the Lord, it's worship, what is it when you don't do it? Are you neglecting to worship God in a way that he deserves to be worshiped? Are you neglecting to worship the Lord in a way? Y'all are getting quiet up in here. Are you, are you neglecting to worship God in a more deeper, more intimate way than, than you should? You're neglecting it because you're not doing it. Missions exist because worship doesn't. Missions in its essence is worship to the Lord. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Knowing the truth about God affects our response. And we begin to openly glorify the Lord. We begin to passionately, openly, publicly display our affection on the Lord. You know, how many of you no, the saying, no PDA. Ever heard that before? No PDA, no public displays of affection. You know, there used to, 
in youth ministry, no PDA. Like, where are the parents teaching their kids that they should be kissing on each other anyway? No PDA. We have to tell them no PDA. Never mind. That's a whole other story. That's a whole other sermon. With Jesus, you can have all the PDA you want. <laughs> you can have all the public displays of affection you want. You can delight yourself and find joy in Him all that you want. You can go find that lost person that may look absolutely different than you, may talk absolutely different than you, may smell absolutely different than you, may live absolutely different than you, and begin to love on them, begin to minister to them. Wednesday night, Zoe, uh, yeah, Wednesday night was an awesome service, by the way. I, there, it was at one point I thought, you know, I'm not sure that I want to leave tonight. <laughs> I, I, we, I, I thought if we sang that song one more time, we were just going to peel the paint off the walls. But, you know, it was just we were lost in the Lord. It was awesome. But afterwards, Zoe has, a, I think it was Wednesday night, she's carrying this, her little activity from children's ministry, and she had the, she had the man that was, um, had been beaten and bruised and the Good Samaritan had stopped and bandaged up and had taken care of. And she had this, this piece of paper with the man that was all broken and beat up. And she said, Daddy, look, I put Band-Aids on the hurt man. And all in kids ministry, they had put Band-Aids on the, on the broken man. And, I, you know, it's just so simple. Stop me for a moment. I was just thinking about that. I'm like, that is so simple. But that's what reaching the lost is all about. It's finding the hurting and broken and bringing them to a place of healing with Jesus. That's our worship. That's worship to the Lord. It's worship to Him. Thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you for your presence in this place today. Lord, thank you for touching lives today. Lord, we thank you for our missionaries, Lord, and all the different ministries out of our church, Lord, that we can celebrate them today. Lord, we thank you that we can come together and celebrate today in the house of the Lord. Lord, I pray for anyone that's here this morning, Father, that is hurting, that's broken. Lord, that they would know that you can heal them right now, Lord, that faith would arise in their heart. Lord, that you can heal their broken heart. You can heal their, their mind. You can restore, Father, to them this wonderful joy, this wonderful peace. Lord, you can bring back a standard of righteousness in their life. Lord, you can work miracles in their life. Father, I pray for those that are here this morning Lord, that are facing difficult situations. Lord, I know that you've already been ministering in a way that only you can and in such a powerful way. And Lord, I thank you for that. Lord, I thank you that, that when you pour out your spirit in, in our church and as you do you, on a continual basis, Lord, that we don't have to sit in judgment of what you're doing and ministering to other people because we don't know their stories. We don't know what's going on in their lives, but you do, and you know exactly what they need and when they need it and how they need it. And so, Lord, we just thank you that we can let you move freely in our church. Lord, that we can take our hands off and say, we're not in control, but you are. 
Lord, you've got it. You're here this morning and you're facing a, just a difficult situation and I don't know who you are. There might be many of you this morning. There might be several, I don't know, but you're facing, you're facing a very challenging, difficult situation in your home. Very difficult situation in your home. I want everyone to look at me. You're facing a very difficult situation in your home, your family. There's, there's torment in your family. I want you to stand where you're at. I want you to stand to your feet. There's torment. There's struggle in your family. I want you to stand. Come on. There's multiple. Come on, stand. Torment in your family. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This is it. This is great. As you begin to yield to the Lord, he ministers. That's awesome. I want you to get out of where you're standing. I want you to come meet me at the front. Come on, I want you to come up here. Come on. Torment, struggles in your family. I want you to come. I'm going to ask, I'd like for one of our leaders to come with each of them. I want one of our leaders to come with each of them. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on. Any others, any others, come on. Any others, come on. The love of God pouring over you. Jesus, Jesus. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, now just let me say this. Do I believe that God can change the circumstances in your family? Absolutely. I believe in miracles. I believe he can change the dynamics in your family. 100%. I know that miracles are possible. I know that miracles are possible. But if he doesn't change the situation, is he enough for you? Is he enough? That's really the question today. Is Jesus enough for you? Is he able to heal your heart? Is he able to heal your emotions? Is he able to touch you today and change your heart towards that situation? Is he able to change your heart towards that situation? Hallelujah. I hear the, just the Lord saying, don't sit in judgment of, of your spouse. It's easy in that situation to sit in judgment of, of your spouse. But what, what that does is judging, judging your spouse actually closes the door. Instead of worshiping the Lord, instead of declaring the praises of Him who's called you out of darkness, instead of doing that, what's happening is you're speaking hurt, you're speaking evil. You're speaking justification instead of speaking words of life. And so if you want the door open, if you want the door open with your spouse and you have to begin to speak words of life and not death, you have to begin to speak words of life and not death. Hallelujah. What that looks like, begin to speak the promises of God out of the word. Begin to speak the word of the Lord. Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. 
You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so hard.